millions of Christians face intense persecution and risk their lives for the sake of the gospel. Vom Oz Radio supports persecuted Christians, giving a voice to the testimony of those who have been denied a voice. Our programs inform and encourage Christians in Australia and around the world to mobilize and to stand with our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted. Welcome again. My name is Todd Nettleton. You're probably back this week excited to hear more amazing stories of God's work among women in the Middle East. We promised you the second half of my conversation with Tom and Joanne Doyle, authors of a new book called Women Who Risk. And we will get to that conversation in one more week. But this week, we're going to talk about Afghanistan. We're going to talk about what is happening in that nation with everything that's going on there and all the news media coverage we are seeing. I felt like it was vitally important for us to hear how the Taliban takeover is affecting Christians and to equip our listeners to pray for Afghanistan during this time of upheaval there. So I've asked one of our previous guests to come back on this week. John Weaver is a longtime gospel worker inside Afghanistan. In fact, he chose to stay in the country even after 9-11, even after the U.S. government said Americans should probably leave. He's the author of several books, including Inside Afghanistan, about his service there, and Najiba, about how God provided John with a wife and how they used their courtship and their wedding to share the gospel with Afghan people. We've had a conversation about that book. John, welcome back. Todd, thank you so much for having me, brother. Well, it is our pleasure. And, you know, we have all seen the news. We've seen the footage of people grabbing onto airplanes, onto the outside of airplanes. What is happening for Christians, for our brothers and sisters now that the Taliban controls the entire country of Afghanistan. Todd, it's a dangerous time for our brothers and sisters. They're like sheep among wolves. Some have already fled. Some are in different locations and hiding. And yet we know, Todd, some God will call to stay there. And that's our big concern, is that God would give them the grace to weather the suffering and the persecution that his kingdom would advance throughout Afghanistan in the midst of great danger. So we do know that believers are receiving threats. We do know that some have actually been targeted. We do know many of them have left their village or left their city trying to move up, you know, to move around. And so, yes, it is true. The Taliban is on a vengeance. Uh, They're trying to cleanse the land and their strict view of Islam. And a lot of it is directed to our brothers and sisters who we want to be praying for in these days and standing with and trusting that God's going to be with them through this time of trial. You know, I think of the church in Afghanistan has has always been kind of an underground church. I know Afghan believers very careful about who they told you know, I'm not a Muslim anymore. I'm following Jesus Christ. Many times, even their own family members could turn into their persecutors. So I'm just wondering how that has prepared them for this season now under the Taliban. Are It seems like, you know, I guess my real question is, 
how much has changed with the Taliban versus, you know, when they were sort of secretive about their faith, even, you know, a year ago? Yeah, well, well, Todd, on one level, not much has changed with the Taliban, but something that I think might be helpful for the listeners to, to understand in terms of house church and believers, if we could think that those that are in the most danger are what we would call the first generation believers. So imagine, you know, I have five children, for example, but I am more known in the community and more known among people uh, than my five younger children. And so in this case, the believers that are in the most direct danger are those who have been the believers the longest. They've been involved in spiritual ministry. But back to your, your point, those that have come to faith through this house church movement in second and third and fourth generations, they're not as publicly known as those who have been kind of leading uh, the movement, so to speak. In terms of persecution response and preparedness, many of them have known for years that they're like sheep among wolves. It's just now, sadly, in this context, with the Taliban being in more complete overt control and having the public power, they are literally now like sheep among wolves. One of the things that I know you and I talked about uh, as the Taliban was kind of advancing was the believers, and you mentioned it earlier, the believers who say, yes, we know the Taliban is coming, but God has placed us here and we're going to stay. We're, we believe God has us here for this season and for a purpose. Talk a little bit about the amount of courage that that takes to make that decision, uh, especially I think of you know moms and dads who are making that decision and they have children. Maybe they have teenagers. What, what does that mean to say, no, God has called us here we're going to stay here. Yeah, Todd, we know in times of persecution throughout history and even in the scriptures, you know, it, there was a scattering. Even we read Acts 8 today that sometimes, you know, believers were scattered because of persecution. But in this context, yes, if we think about those that are embracing God's call to stay, that takes great faith, takes great courage, great awareness of God's promises and the bigger picture of his kingdom that he has called them to be uh, salt and light and to, to be witnesses that the spirit of God has even, you know, come upon us that we would be witnesses. And you know what that word is uh, in, in the Greek. And so one thing, Todd, just to remind listeners that the Pashtun people, the main people group of Afghanistan, the main group that primarily is from where the Taliban come, is one of the most unreached people groups in the world. We're talking about millions of unreached Muslims that have never heard the gospel, never interacted with a follower of Jesus. And God must have a special place. God must, this must be really on his heart. Now he's mobilized again the church all around the world. There are millions of people praying for our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan. And we want to stand with those that God's calling to stay in the country, that it would be an advancement of his kingdom and establishing a greater witness is kind of like the Matthew 24. Those that endure to the end will be saved and the gospel of the kingdom is going to be continually proclaimed as a witness among all the nations. And yes, some of our Afghan brothers and sisters are embracing that. 
They, they know that's what God's called them to do. And now more than ever, they need our prayers and support. John, as you talk to your friends and contacts in the country, what what is their spirit? Are, are they feeling afraid? Are they feeling hopeful? Are they feeling alone and isolated? What kind of is their emotional state as you have those conversations? Yeah, Todd, it's a mixture of all of that. There are some that feel the pressure. They feel the stress. They feel the danger. And there's that human emotion of fear. And yet we're praying with them and processing with them and helping them to realize the reminder that God is with us uh, through this. Now, there are some that have already seen this as an opportunity. So, for example, we have partners on the ground that are reaching out to families that are now displaced. So some of what people are seeing on TV, you can see images of families that are displaced from their villages or displaced from their location, many of which are now in Kabul because that's the big city. You can get lost in the big city. And some of our local partners, brothers and sisters, are responding to that humanitarian crisis, kind of like what Jesus said. If someone's hungry, you feed them. If they're thirsty, you give them something to drink. And they're they're taking the opportunity to be the hands and feet of, of, of the gospel of Christ and, and sharing his love and, and word and deed. And, uh, and so it's a mixture of emotions we're hearing when we're talking to local brothers and sisters in the, in the country. And as I mentioned, some actually are in hiding, some are fleeing, some have already left the country. So there's a whole mixture of responses we're getting from uh, the body of Christ as we're interacting with them uh, in Afghanistan. You know, I think it's interesting. One of the things you said is out of this, there are millions of people praying for Afghanistan, maybe more than at any previous point in history. Are there some other sort of good news stories or or ways that you see God using this situation to build his kingdom or to advance his kingdom in, in Afghanistan? Yeah, so Todd, obviously the increased prayer to think now literally millions, I mean, the whole body of Christ at times is being touched and affected by this and in prayer to think about the increased awareness of Afghanistan in general as a country, as a nation in the heart of Central Asia, now specifically the Pashtun people, primarily because of the Taliban now being in control, the awareness of of that. I mean, there are a lot of things that we can celebrate and that we can pray into and believe that God's going to use this and is using this to advance uh, his kingdom and to further uh, the gospel. I mean, there is an increase uh, gospel witness through social media, even projects that VOM support, frontline workers in ways that the, the gospel is, is, is getting into the country in now accelerated ways because there's far more attention, there's far more influence, there's far more uh, resources. And so, yes, we're going to trust that as people plant and water, God's going to give the increase that continually from house to house, this disciple making uh, multiplication is going uh, to take place. God's going to respond to millions of people praying. And, you know, Todd, maybe God's going to do things that are totally beyond our comprehension in the ways that he mysteriously works in spreading his kingdom, even in the midst of danger. Amen. We we believe for that, and I, and I know our listeners will join in praying for that. 
Again, if you're just joining us, we're talking with John Weaver. He is a longtime worker in Afghanistan. John, you you actually lived in Afghanistan when it was controlled by the Taliban before. What is their theology? I, I mean, you mentioned the fact that they are hunting for Christians. They're looking for anybody who had a Christian background or contact with Christian ministries. What happens when they find those people? What what What's the punishment for that? Yeah, so the Taliban are strict uh, Islamists. They're going by Sharia law, and that's often how they respond is saying we will do things according to Sharia law, which therefore there's not a lot of rights. Todd, since you mentioned it, I, I do want to remind the listeners from 1996 up to the events of 9-11 in 2001, the Taliban were in control of most of Afghanistan, and yet there were humanitarian workers that were there. As you mentioned, I had the privilege of being there during that time. And so we're actually praying and believing that going forward, none of us know exactly how the Taliban are going to position a government. Uh, they're more fighters than they are governors. And so, but we want to pray that God, in God's mercy, they would allow the country to open back up, that the borders would open back up. Uh, that humanitarian response and humanitarian crisis emergency relief workers could come back uh, into the country. And we're going to believe that a witness then would be even more established uh, among the Taliban. But we're going to trust that God's kingdom is going to be bigger and stronger in the midst of all this. And that even though what they might mean for evil, God would turn it to advance his kingdom. One of the things that comes through in your books is the relationships that you had. And even with Muslims in Afghanistan, you were received in some cases very warmly and very openly. Can you kind of paint a picture of that? Because I think it's easy for us to think of, you know, all the Taliban are, are horrible people and they would never love their children or, or have families or welcome someone into their home. Can you give us kind of the side of the story that you saw having lived there. Yes. So, Todd, let me remind us, God loves Muslims. He loves every Muslim. He loves every Afghan. He created them in his image. He's pursuing them. And, and, and yes, in terms of humanity, there are some beautiful expressions of Afghan culture, in terms of relationships, in terms of family, in terms of honor, in terms of hospitality, and so, yes, when I live there, even today, some of my closest friends are Muslims. Now, in God's mercy, we've seen Muslims come to Christ. And I want to remind the listeners of that, that every day Muslims are coming to Christ because the Lord is pursuing them. He shed his blood to redeem them. But some of the reasons why they're coming to Christ is when we as followers of Jesus respond in the opposite spirit, meaning we approach with love and humility and grace and building respectful, honoring relationships, also showing hospitality, also you know, serving the poor and helping in practical ways, that is very winsome. It's a powerful uh, witness. And then coupled with praying with and for them and sharing the word of God with them, and then the mysterious ways God's revealing himself in dreams and visions, God, God is pursuing them and they are, they are coming to Christ. And Todd, one thing just to remind listeners of, we don't fully understand this because we're not coming from their background, but like it was in Iran during the Ayatollah years and still is, 
There are a lot of Muslims that become disheartened, dissatisfied, disillusioned, somewhat distraught with their own worldview when they see this oppressive response. And so that's even something else that might happen as a fruit of all this in Afghanistan. It will turn millions of them away from Islam. And then we trust that in the midst of that, they'll meet Christ's followers. The Lord will pursue them and reveal himself to them, even in dreams and visions and signs and wonders and all the miracles, miraculous ways God's working. And even through social media and and through ways that the word of God's being uh, made available to, to Afghan people. And so, uh, yes, we, we love the Afghan people, as you know, Todd. God loves them. He's pursuing them. And there's so much we can learn from the beautiful aspects of their culture. And yet, sadly, many of them are just misguided. They're lost to, uh, I mean, they're lost without Christ. And they, they need the gospel. They need the hope of Jesus. Absolutely. John, as as we're recording this, it's Monday morning, and so I know everything is very fluid, uh, and and so we will say this as of Monday morning, August twenty third. How how much aid is a is able to be delivered into Afghanistan right now with everything having happened in the last couple of weeks? Is it possible for groups like Voice of the Martyrs and others to get help into the church in Afghanistan? Todd, that's a great question. We are doing the best we can. We do have connections where we are able to get uh, practical assistance to our frontline workers. But for prayer, specifically, we want to ask the listeners to pray that banks would open back up. Things like even Western Union would open back up. Just the basic ways that we're aware of how you would get money to other countries because of the turmoil in the country, because of a switch of government, because of the chaos that's happening. Yes, it's true. Sadly, some banks are closed or banks are saying that they have no money. And sometimes Western Union, therefore, doesn't work as well. Uh, But back to the heart of your question, because we have contacts on the ground and then neighboring countries, there are ways that we are getting practical assistance uh, into uh, the country to assist our brothers and sisters. But that's a huge prayer request right now that God would open things back up from the border standpoint, from bank standpoint, just from economic standpoint, that we can provide even greater assistance to our brothers and sisters, especially those that will be called to stay in the country. I hope if you're listening, you jotted down that prayer request. We're talking with John Weaver. He's the author of a book called Inside Afghanistan. He long time lived inside the country and served. John, we always want to equip listeners to pray. And I know you mentioned praying that the borders will open up to aid material praying that the banks and the financial institutions inside the country will open back up as well. How are the other ways that our listeners and that we can pray for Afghanistan right now? Like I say, as as we're recording this, it's Monday morning. How can we pray today? How can we pray this weekend for especially our brothers and sisters, but all of the people of Afghanistan? For our brothers and sisters, Todd, I I would remind the global church, let's pray as Jesus taught us to pray in Luke chapter 11. Those of us that might need a little bit of encouragement in prayer, 
You can pray Luke chapter 10, that image of them being sheep among wolves. And then we pray Psalm 23, where we all know that one. Let's pray that for them, that they would know that the Lord is their shepherd, that they would know that he is with them, that he would even prepare a table you know, for them in the presence of their enemies, that they would know his goodness and his mercy and his leadership and his guidance and his provision. And then with that, let's pray that they would have boldness, they would have courage, that God would keep them from fear, that they would know his love and his spirit and his power uh, to be witnesses during this time. And let's pray that God would use this for salvation. As listeners know, there's millions of Afghans that are waiting to hear the gospel. They're waiting to meet a Christ follower. So if we think, first of all, praying for our brothers and sisters, praying scripture for them, praying for God to encourage them and be with them, and then kind of branching out from that, thinking about their community, their village, their neighbors, those that they can be salt and light to, and then bigger praying even for the government, that God would work in and through the Taliban. He would work in and through international diplomatic relationships that are going on because we don't know how the government's going to be formed yet, but it would allow the furtherance of the gospel and allow God's people to continue to serve and work uh, in the country. And then, as you've mentioned, those practical ways about, you know, banks and ways that we can get practical assistance and that in the midst of all this, this would not be something that would wane away in a couple of weeks but God would keep this hot and, and, and ready and, and, and on our, uh, our forefronts in terms of praying for one of the last frontiers, a nation that's full of unreached people groups, that the gospel would spread there and that God's kingdom would advance there for his glory and his honor. Amen. I, I love it that you brought up the nation of Iran in our conversation. I have thought of that many times in recent days. You, you see the Islamic Republic of Iran. The mullahs are running the country. They have been for more than 40 years. And what has happened is the people have become disillusioned with Islam. They have said, Islam doesn't work. Look at where our country is under Islam we pray that that also happens in Afghanistan under the Taliban, that the people see the, tr the reality of Islam and they say, hey, we want something else. We want another option. What else is out there? So we join with you in that prayer. And, and I thank you so much, John, for sharing your heart, but also just giving us a picture of what's going on right now on the ground in Afghanistan. Thank you so much, Todd. And yes, thank you so much for the prayers. And uh, let's continue to lift up our brothers and sisters uh, in this difficult time. Christians in hostile nations may live far from us. As believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more are tax deductible in Australia. This has been a production of Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted.